Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. everyone what's up everyone from brooklyn how you doing manhattan queens staten island long island how you doing everyone included in the mix going through this nonsensical bullshit i pray that this is going to uh get over with because i've got to talk to you about professional wrestling because we all hear about it and during the news we all get updates we all see the death tolls all that shit so why not a nice little distraction that is, you know, the discussions about professional wrestling, which is now considered an essential service as deemed by the governor of Florida. So, I'm kind of, actually, I laugh to myself a little bit about it, but come to think of it, when you need entertainment and you don't want to just play the piano or play whatever the fuck you play, whatever instrument or drink, and join this stinking group called Quarantine Drinking for whatever. As I said, the discussion is professional fucking wrestling. Why not? Okay? Because I say we, the Community and Professional Wrestling Podcast, discuss something that isn't quite so depressing. Okay? And there's got to be, got to be, NXT, AEW, Ring of Honor, so on and so forth, but AEW and WWE seem to be <clears throat> proposing the best idea. Okay, so Finn Balor versus Fabian Eichner to kick off the night. You know, great match, good back and forth. Very technical in the beginning. You see a lot of reversals. You see Finn Balor and Fabian Eichner trying to match hold for hold. Eichner has a lot of help from Marcel Bartel. And then... You know, you see a promo. The Cruiserweight Championship has been vacated because, well, Jordan Devlin cannot defend his uh, newly won Cruiserweight Championship at the Royal Rumble during Worlds Collide NXT. Worlds Collide, that is. So anyways, um, let's see here. Well, Imperium, you know, I don't know if Finn Balor is going to get to go to Valter, or get to Valter, that is, and actually face him for the NXT UK Championship. I don't know if those are the only set superstars that were to be during the recordings of NXT. But anyways, great match between Eichner and Balor. There was a key moment during the match when Balor's on the outside, kind of incapacitated, if you will. I mean this in the most sincerest of ways. It wasn't a bad match at all. This might actually shock somebody who me being nice. Because why? Well, we don't have the luxury of going to Madison Square Garden or Barclays or driving three hours to Philly just to see a live show. So, long story short, Balor vs. Eichner was a nice way to kick off the night for NXT. Eichner tries to hit Balor with a leg to the face from the side of the steps. Balor moves out of the way. And then proceeds to shove Marcel Bartel through the barricade, and Eichner for that matter as well. Brings Eichner back in the ring, hits him with a coup de gras, 
Coup de Gras, and then 1916 Suplex, one, two, three. So I've basically been through two members of Imperium. I wonder, you know, what's going to be the next step. Are they tr- are they trying to tease us for Walter? We don't know. Okay. I've already been through some of these matches. Aaliyah versus Ailey. You know what? Aaliyah must be doing something right. I mean, that in the most sincerest of all ways. Uh, she's been there four years. That's longer than most last in NXT or in any job. Just being honest. So, Xylee hmm. just come out of the curtain, you know. She runs out of that. And she basically went face-to-face with Aaliyah trying to beat the ever-living crap out of her. Aaliyah didn't want none of it. And then, I, you know, I guess they, I love me a good cat fight. I love me a good brawl between women. Mostly say that because it's entertaining. And Zia Lee is a damn good competitor. So is, I can't say the same for Leah. I'm sorry. She's just basically kind of a reboot of Carmella. But we're not here to critique. We're here to just say, <clears throat> thank you for the match because it was pretty damn decent. You know, Aaliyah tried to gain control, you know, the distractions getting out of the ring. She hit Zaya with a little bit of offense, but really, I mean, it wasn't even a back and forth match. Zaya Lee basically dominated this match and ended up winning, you know, with a uh, turnstile kick to the back of the head. I didn't even know what to call that move. I wonder what you call that move. So Zaya Lee ended up pinning her one, two, three. And then, of course, you have Group B Cruiserweight Championship match. Isaiah Swerve Scott, because Jordan Devlin, let me explain here, folks. Jordan Devlin can no longer defend the championship because he's stuck in the U.K. strict orders. He cannot travel outside of the United Kingdom. So, sadly, folks, he had to vacate that Cruiserweight Championship, so now they have a tournament for it. And part of that tournament was Isaiah Swerve Scott, Versus Akira Tozawa, which, holy crap, that was very back and forth. Let's see, there's a Hurricane Rana. Chops being traded. Tozawa give chase, you know, and basically... Okay, he hit his finish, the senton. One, two, three, Tozawa wins. Tegan Knox versus Raquel Gonzalez. I love the match psychology in this match. Do you know why? I'll explain the whole fucking gist of it because some of you guys get irritated when I use terminologies. Although I am a former manager. Kind of refereed. Not on a big skit. Not going to go into detail about moi. Let's go into detail about this lovely, awesome fight between two people who hate each other because uh, Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox once upon a time used to be good friends. So you had the outside Dakota Kai helping Raquel Gonzalez, you know, gain a little advantage with her kicks. The key, not the Kiwi buzzsaw. Wait a minute, that's Travis Banks. Um, Whoever's giving me this report, I love you, but you need to slow down just a smidgen. All right, that's right. Go to Wrestle Underscore Radio, and you can message me whatever you want and. Any questions about tonight's NXT or AEW's Dynamite, which I will review coming up shortly. So, okay. Raquel Gonzalez, you know, she's a towering woman. She's very, she's very, very tall, very athletic. She kind of has a Stan Hansen-like presence, you know. Very tall, very intimidating. She hit a lot of shoulder tackles. She hit Tegan Knox with a lot of shoulder tackles. She hit the backbreaker on Tegan Knox. And there's just a lot of onslaught of offense in this match. So, Gonzalez basically hit it. She tried to hit a powerbomb. Gonzalez just beat her from behind. Great psychology, you know. What's the purpose of having someone out there if they don't? utilize their outside help. And so I love how they use Tegan or they use Tegan. They use Dakota on the outside with a big boot to the face. 
and gave you and gave the fans at home watching kind of a man. I can't stand that Dakota Kai. She's absolutely fucking annoying. That's the point. And she hit Tegan Knox with a big boot to the face. But you know what? Was not expecting Shotzi Blackheart to come out of the back and assist Tegan Knox, and Tegan Knox was even surprised. Shotzi just had enough. She almost got choke slammed over her troubles on the outside of the apron. But Tegan Knox won because she rolled up Raquel Gonzalez one, two, three. I don't know how Raquel didn't power out of that. That's, you know, kind of surprising, but her shoulders were pinned to the mat, so Johnny Gargano says, I can't wait to see what Tommaso Ciampa has to say. And then you see a little clip of Keith Lee's journey to NXT. I think he's gonna be on Chronicles, folks. He's, you know, his big success. Uh, you then have Dexter Loomis versus Dahoudi Miles. Um, Dexter Loomis, I remember from the NXT breakout tournament. Very uh, interesting, psychotic individual, I must say. Let's see here. Um, so Miles tried, but then failed. Dexter Loomis ended up tapping him out. And that was that. And then you see Velveteen Dream waiting for Adam Cole. But then, you know, I don't know if, yeah, I think Cole's quarantining. I don't know if he's been medically cleared. We don't know. But uh, Dream was still waiting. So Adam Cole said, foolish Dream, you know, you can wait all you want, blah, blah, blah. I'm still the champion. Great mind games being played here by Undisputed Era's own Adam Cole, baby. Cole says we should be focusing on how the Undisputed Era is going to recapture NXT Tag Team Championships later tonight. Thank the Lord. Not doing, says, you know, what they did in 2018 to 2019. Almost. But anyhow, what I mean by that is at least they're giving variety. At least they're giving flavor. Um, Dream calls it Cole and says that he thinks a lot of Cole. But he knows that Cole is actually the last remaining champion in the Undisputed Era. During Dreams, uh, you know, during this, you know, Finn Balor came out and said, "I can't stand you." So, are we feuding Balor and Dream now, and Valter? Is is Balor supposed to become the Undisputed United Kingdom slash NXT champion? Are they going to merge the championships together? It would make for good, compelling TV. I don't know. I don't know. So next week, Finn Balor and Dream. Oh, man, that's going to be a great match. Um, so Shotzi Blackheart will team with Tegan Knox to face Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. The Undisputed Era is Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong versus the NXT Champions. So the mystery partner for Matt Riddle tonight, I've seen this guy at Evolve. I've seen him at Wrestling Revolver. Timothy Thatcher is a great worker. Um God, dude, he's a great replacement for Pete Dunn, you know, who cannot travel due to the fact that uh, COVID-19, the rules are there's a 30-day ban for travel from Europe to the United States. So anyways, um, so Fish and Riddle started the match, and he said, how much fish could Bobby Fish fry? Bobby Fish could fry fish. I think it's a great way to start a tag match to get a little heat, you know, in between the baby face and the heel. And yes, I'm using terms because, well, I was half paying attention to that and also just half paying attention to what I was trying to learn today. So, so Riddle backed up, and then of course, you know how this works. Fish took advantage, and then Riddle, or Riddle was able to get the upper hand. By, you know, using Fish's arm. And there was commercial. And Thasher was tagged in. And holy crap, you know, this dude is extremely technical and also a bit psychotic. So, you know what? Bobby Fish then tags in, hits a senton on Thatcher, kicks Fish. Fish blocks the kick and stomps on Thatcher's leg. Fish gets a... In other words, folks, this was a very back-and-forth technical ground-pound submission, high-flying NXT, not stereotypical match, but match. 
Riddle and Thatcher hit a butterfly suplex on Strong, and Riddle hit a suplex on Strong, covering him for a two-count. Again, this is not a cluster. This is just your not-so-average pro wrestling match showcased on NXT on the USA Network that you can catch every Wednesday night starting at 7 and ending a little bit after 9, okay? So, Strong comes Riddle out of the ring, tagging Fish. I just want to fast forward to this. The Fujiwara armbar. So, another armbar, but being used by Thatcher. I mean, this dude is a great, great replacement for the one, the only, Pete Dunne. I mean, Pete Dunne's wrestled alongside Thatcher before, if I remember correctly, and Evolve. I mean, they've also wrestled against each other in Japan, the UK, and now stateside. I remember correctly, I do recall seeing Pete Dunne at Revolver shows, and Valter for that matter. Anyways, folks, boinks, you can tell my Jersey and accents coming out. (laughs) No. Okay, so the main event tonight, folks, on NXT was not fairly decent, but it was very good back-and-forth action. But now I've got to review something that I... You know, was said I'll be fair with an AEW review is coming up soon. Since Lady Lynn is on sabbatical just for a week, you know, taking care of personal business. Forgot to mention that Monday, but you know what? It's true. Oh, it's damn true. Wow, it even popped up without me searching. Jesus Christ. So I guess AEW also had an empty arena match. But also I forgot Tommaso Ciampa was attacked. Before I get to AEW, Tommaso Ciampa was attacked, and all you saw was the video camera rolling up, and I don't know what's going on. I don't know if, um, I don't know. There's got to be something. Yes, I agree. I completely agree, dude. I think this is a great ending for NXT, and I don't know what's going on if Gargano's formed some kind of alliance with someone, or he's recruiting, making himself an even bigger heel, you know, whatever he has to do. I don't care. But I think uh, I think it was a good ending for NXT tonight. I really do. Anyways, moving forward to AEW Dynamite. So AEW Dynamite features the debut of Bubbly Bunch with the Inner Circle. Oh, God. Can they interview a new segment? A new segment with Chris Jericho, and let's see here. A main event of John Moxley and Jake Hager. Oh, this is Forbes. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. It's 4-15-2020, but this is correct. So, segment one, Colt Cabana took on Lance Archer. So, that's interesting. Archer got the victory. I'm not surprised. Bird Baker has a vignette in the first series where she goes over the rules of being a role model. I'm going to point this out. AEW is taking stabs because there's an empty arena match with Gargano and Ciampa. Now there's an empty arena match with Moxley and uh, Hager, right? Britt Baker is trying to take on the role of Bailey. Really? So... um, I notice in comparison and contrast, that's a very similar thing. Uh, like the tab of, uh, on John Moxer's Hager, blah, blah, blah. A vignette titled The Bubbly Bunch plays. We see the inner circle talking in a group. So, okay, there's a, the inner circle basically struggle with Matt Hardy. Neat, blah, blah, blah. Guevara got the victory. So, wait, wait, wait. Sugar Dunkerton? I need to do start doing my research on some of AEW stars because I don't know who some I know who Darby Allen is because I saw him live a couple times. And then Allen came out and saved Dunkerton. And then fuck. Uh, and then let's see here. You had Kip Sabian taking on Chuck Taylor. Sabian had Penelope Ford at his side. So Orange Cassidy backed up Taylor back and forth. Okay, so. Sabian picked up the victory. Okay, then. All right. Then next, you had Sean Spears took on Justin Law and quickly defeated him. A no-holds-barred match for the AEW World Championship. 
So Moxley defended his title against Hager. It was a gritty fight across the entire arena. Okay, I love how this describes I'm probably going to have to rewatch this to make my fair judgments, but as far as I'm concerned. Anyone can have an empty arena match, right? Any wrestling? No, I, I <laughs> Ciampa Gargano did that previous week for NXT TakeOver, which, you know, would have been TakeOver considering they're supposed to have it in Tampa. But, you know, who's who's counting the eggs before they're hatched, right? So anyways, Hager versus Moxley, huh? Empty arena match. There's a lot of similarities, folks, that I could go over, but I'm not going to spend and waste my fucking time doing that because there's a lot of things I have to report to you tonight. So there's a list of WWE superstars that got released today. Drake Maverick, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, Eric Young, EC3, Kurt Hawkins, Leo Rush. All these people that have been released are very monumental in the history of professional wrestling. And why? I don't know. Because maybe they just, you know, they, there was no value. No, there was extreme value to these people. Kurt Angle, that's fine. Kurt's already on his way out. And Drake Maverick, who was originally the commissioner of 205 Live. And it's sad, you know, he did, even did a video, folks, online. You know, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, and that's a huge tag team that just got released. You had Eric Young, and uh, that dude was the leader of Sanity. And um, it's kind of sad that that group is no more, but um, you have EC3. Uh, who was, you know, he started out as Derek Bateman in the developmental territory of SCW, went to TNA, uh, <laughs> kayfabe nephew of uh, Dixie Carter, which is kind of funny. And he was called up to Raw in 2019 and never was heard of again. Kurt Hawkins. You know, I have some of these people that were released in WWE. Leo Rush. I mean, they're very. T- Heath Slater, Aiden English. Sarah Logan, Mike Chioda, Primo and Epico, Eric Rowan, Mike and Maria Canellas, I already knew about those. They are back in 2017. Zach Ryder, Deanna Perrazzo, and Noe Jose, man. This is, um, this is surreal because I met some of these people back originally um, at Wrestling Revolver shows. I would go by their booths. I would, they would nod and say, "Would you like it? You know, eight by tens, anything, t-shirts." No way, Jose. My gosh, man! I remember seeing him at Evolve a couple of times. Um, I remember meeting him before he came to NXT and started the Conga lines and all that. And just, it's sad. It really, I'm really the ones that shocked me was Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. I just. I don't know quite know why. I don't want to ask or dig, but you know, as a fan, some people may not take these releases seriously, or they just might say good riddance. You know, no one cared. So this is serious, yo. We don't know if they're going to go to a different company or just when this is all over, what's going to happen? Are they going to come back? We don't know. But I can. Sure as Hellfire addressed some of these guys who I met backstage as an extra briefly. I don't sit and talk to them and had a personal conversation, but they were nice and they waved hello, they shook hands. That's just when people get released from a company, especially professional wrestling, it is a big deal. It doesn't matter where you get released from, my man. I think that the big deal is when people Look at the list of names. Look, Kurt Angle was multi-champion in WWE, tag team, intercontinental, European. He's also Hall of Famer. And uh, maybe it was time to go. I, I honestly believe that people have a rhyme or reason if they choose to be let go. But Mike Kyoto been there since 1989. So 
a referee being released after all this time, it's insane. I mean, maybe it was just the perfect timing. Maybe it was bad timing on some people's ends. You never know, but <clears throat> all right, folks. The following segment is a segment, <clears throat> if you will, that is not suitable for minors under the age of 14. If you have small children and you are listening to this show, please put earmuffs on their ears, please. And if they repeat this shit during quarantine, I cannot help you because my show is meant for people older than – yeah. It's it's true. Oh, it's damn true. All right, folks. The following is a podcast that was coined off the rails on Censor on March 7th, 2016. Any further reproduction or likeness thereof, the use of the phrase off the rails uncensored, will be fully prosecuted, and you will be fined $45, and I will have a nice fat check in my PayPal account. Anyways, any further uses of the phrase or likeness thereof off the rails uncensored will be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Any further depictions of professional wrestlers is mainly observation and some opinion. If you do not like observation and opinion, well, then you can choose to tune into a different podcast, which I'm sure there's a lot of variety of them out right now entertaining all of you. Which, by the way, what's up? All my family, wrestling family in UK, Indonesia, Australia, Philippines, anyone listening? Please understand, we love you and we thank you. If you're an essential worker listening to this shit right now, thank you. All right? So buckle up, fuckers, because you're about to enter into my mind. And trust me, I can designate this time to go on a rant or what have you, but I choose to, uh, I choose to leave you with a mystery if you will, of what I'm going to do. So, monkeys in the truck, because we're practicing social distancing, if you could please hit my music. I do not own the rights to the Cult of Personality, sung by Living Color. CM Punk's wrestling theme from 2011-2013, all rights reserved WWE Incorporated. Dig it! Professional wrestling, you know, it, it's um, some of us can say we know the feeling of being let go and why the reason was. I know I was let go. I'm not here to make this about me. I'm here to discuss with you all the the number of individuals that just got released. This is an alarming rate, dude. You saw that Kurt Angle got released. That's fine. I understand. Um, Maverick. I don't know. It's just. I mean, the amount of people that were not being used on the roster, is it to save money and pay other people? Is it to open up doors for other tag teams and other individuals to shine through on WWE at a bigger stage? I don't know. But uh, it's kind of just – it's really the, – the video that Drake Maverick left on Twitter, on – Every social media circuit, you know, is like, I I won't be able to say goodbye to some of the people that I wanted to say goodbye to. Um, you know, just his his sentiment in his video was just enough for me to be like, okay, I honestly don't know how some of these people are going to explain to their families or loved ones, hey, I lost my job today. Especially in times that are now when they some of them did save money, some of them may not have been earning as much, but the point is it's not just about money, it's just I don't know if some of them were asking for a release. I just this is really sad. Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. 
I mean, they were tag team champions, and a, a lot of us feel as fans that they could have been utilized differently. There could have been a bigger use for them other than being lackeys of AJ Styles. And you know what? Some of them, some of the guys, I believe, they felt a certain way. I don't know how they feel, and I don't speak for them. So what I'm going to say about Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, great dudes. I mean, they were very friendly, you know, four years ago when I met them as an extra in Kansas City, you know, working the show in Sprint Center on SmackDown Live with them. They were very friendly. And, um, okay, aside from those two, you know, they came from – these guys are not just tag team champions in WWE. Um, if you don't know your history, some of you do. Actually, most of you do because you read nine-time IWGP tag teams – Tag team champions in uh, Japan. They had a great feud with Finn Balor. They had a great feud with a lot of folk. Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. And not only that, it wasn't just the feuds. They were very highly entertaining. And it's it's going to be missed. That that's kind of that's very tough, man. Eric Young. You know he kind of fell off when Sanity fell apart. And Maine really didn't know what to do with Sanity. You hear that a lot. They don't know what to do with certain superstars. They didn't make them healer. They didn't make them baby faces. This dude is extremely talented. And a little bit, you know, had that smoker's voice draw to him. But he was, like I said, he kind of fell off after Sanity left. And there really was nothing left for him. In some regards, when they weren't doing... Main event or superstars, I'm going to take a gander here and say Eric Young kind of lost his way when Sanity just fell apart. And EC3, you know, they did so much with him in NXT, and then he got to Maine. It was like, okay, I don't know the whole gist of the story. I don't know if this dude was not showing up. It's, you know, they haven't given reasons as to why superstars were released, and it's kind of like some juicy gossip, you know, for for a podcast, right? But at the same time, these guys are human beings, and they just lost their job, so I'm not going to fucking go that route. Kurt Hawkins, you know, he went on the longest losing streak, and then he tagged with Zack Ryder. And they only gave him one victory at WrestleMania. They ended up being the tag team champions. They didn't last very long, and they was given to the Viking Raiders. Sometimes, folks, wrestling is a very, very confusing sport. And when it comes into the business aspect of it, fucking hate the backstage shit. I really do. Do you know why? Because Wa fell into the trap of talking a mad amount of shit about a company in which, really, I don't want to go into too much detail I fell into the trap of, well, I don't like this person, this, therefore, you know, they're assholes, blah, blah, blah. I fucking hate that. So we're moving forward. Leo Rush, a lot of people say good riddance and goodbye. Some say he was a great asset. He was very talented. He was great talented, but, I mean, there's a lot of, again, there's a lot of backstage bullshit that was caused by this dude. And there's also the fact that a lot of people did not like him in the locker room. So that one, I'm just, I'm trying to understand why people, you know, are half and half with him. But I'm not going to fucking stress over it because it's not my, I'm not anywhere near him. I'm not anywhere close. So, Keith Slater, very nice dude. Um The whole I've got kids gimmick was so over. Uh, his time with 3MB. I mean, they just, this is like I said, there's a lot of, there's this talent that's left is just, it's unreal. Aiden English, I remember his time with the Bob Villains. I remember seeing him um, when NXT first started with uh, Simon Gotch. And then he became a commentator, and I wonder why, you know, I haven't seen him in a while. Sarah Logan, you know, she kind of disappeared after Riot Squad come about. 
she was a tough cookie man in NXT, I tell you. And with her time with Liv Morgan and Nikki Cross and Asuka and then feuding with uh, the Iconics. And we're all wrestling family, and I just want to say to all the people that lost their jobs, it's only going to get better for you. You know how it feels to lose a job? But, you know, one that was actually a dream come true, losing that job, has to be the hardest. Because some may say, you know what, when one door closes, another one fucking opens. You don't get the gist of, you know, losing a dream job. Wrestling is not an office job. It's not a job that you work nine to five and you fucking absolutely hate. It's a job. It's not a job. It's when fans are out in the audience, when they're allowed back in the audience, it's, okay, here, we're here to entertain. We're here to give the fans what they want. Um, Mike Kyoto? Damn, dude. This one, he'd been a referee since 1989. I remember as a kid watching Mike Kyoto referee matches between Diesel and Sean, Bret Hart, and the British Bulldog. I mean, this dude has been around since the beginning of the manias, the beginning of the whole hiatus between Ultimate Warrior and Hogan. Not hiatus, the feud. He's refereed a lot of historic matches The Undertaker's been in So for Mike Kyoto to be gone That's really kind of a, a baffle right there um, Primo and Epico I just want to point out that um, You know those two are also very friendly uh, Very friendly guys I met them a long time ago So, they didn't really get, you know, kind of whatever tag team attention they needed, but they're a great tag team. So, Eric Rowan, that one, wow, they, they, uh, oh man, a big dude like him, I don't know if he's going to end up going to AEW. Sometimes people, I don't think just because they get released from WWE, they're not going to go to the competition. I don't know. But, um... Let's see, the Bludgeon Brothers. Remember the Wyatt family, anyone? I mean, this dude was a force to be reckoned with. So, Mike Canellis, Maria Canellis, also two nice folk. Uh, Zach Ryder, very friendly. Deanna Perrazzo. She worked for TNA and Ring of Honor. I knew that. Uh, Noe Jose, his goodbye was also emotional. Um you know, he he may not have been anywhere close to a championship in NXT or main roster. And some may say, well, some of these people were just mid-carters. They weren't really important to the world of professional wrestling. Wise person that I met at a seminar would always tell people that he was speaking to, whatever... Audience, you are in front of as long as you, it's like working a job as a waiter. It's how well you serve people is how well they remember you, and how it depends on how well you serve them that you get a good tip, or you know you get recommendations. Uncle Bob, I love you to death, dude, because I know you probably don't listen to my show. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But the point is, what he said is true. These people were great servants for years. I mean, they lasted in the company for at least some of them were longer than 10 years. And that included Zack Ryder, Sarah Logan. They even said Ember Moon was part of this list, but I don't see her name. Rusev. Several people were released. And, you know, during these times, it's just like, what else, you know, what's going to, what else is going on? What, what possibly made WWE release all these names? What made them let go of all this talent? And some of you, some of you may care, some of you may not. They said, what's WWE for you? They let go of great talent. They know, look, it's difficult to watch professional wrestlers go out the way they went out. It's hard because 
like someone taking the rug out from under you. Some people may say, well, I'm not worried. I got, I have money. I'm not worried. When you take away, you know, the time you spent at the performance center, you take away the time to work out, make yourself look good. What impact does it have on, you know, professional wrestlers? A lot. A lot of people will watch WWE and say, well, they always misuse their talent. They're not the Attitude Era anymore. That doesn't have shit to do with people being released. Because guarantee you, if we didn't have COVID-19, those people, would they still be released? Do you think that the powers of EC, Carano and them, and the agents, were sitting in their office today saying, gee, I wonder how many people we can release. Mike Rotunda is gone. Sean Waltman, Xbox, goodbye. It's it's like playing <laughs> Russian roulette. You just shoot a gun up in the air and you run like hell because you pray to God that bullet don't come back down. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people bit the bullet. And it's not easy talking about because I know the feeling of being released. I not going to make this about me, but I'm just going to point this out. When you're let go from a job, do you know what that feels like? It feels like someone took a knife and just put it in your back and slowly, fine, so you have no feeling anymore. You're completely numb to this shit. I feel bad for these people because they, for the longest time, tried to put on, well, what we like to call a professional wrestling show. And now they have no outlet, no avenues for now. They I, they probably do. I don't know how certain people react, but I saw the reactions on social media. I looked in part in looking at Twitter and saw Drake Maverick and what he you know what he said was uh, there's some people that I won't get the chance to say goodbye to, and if I do. I have a few more matches, and I'm going to give it my all. He was in tears. That video was probably the saddest video I have ever seen, aside from No Way Jose's. And, you know, certain things happen in this world. We don't plan on it. We didn't plan for this nonsense to happen about COVID-19 and people, some people, going to be sad. I I saw this on uh, a Facebook sharing or whatever, someone jumping off a building. We don't plan for this bullshit to happen. But we have to make the most of what we have in front of us, I guess. It's really sad when people lose their jobs. Because they're not guaranteed, you know, an automatic contract, folks, in professional wrestling. Some may say, well, wouldn't that mean they go to straight to AEW or Ring of Honor or NWA or any other wrestling company like New Japan? Yeah, they have names now that they've built. They've built a reputation. They've built quite the resume. You don't know if they're going to be guaranteed a contract. So to answer that question, dude, in the world of wrestling, it's give or take. If your names are big and you're well-known, you got a great chance. But if people know what you're capable of and they still think, we can gimmick you like this, we can pay you this amount, it's like significantly going to be less than what they were earning in WWE, but I think some people would say I'd rather take this than nothing at all. Wrestling is an addiction, man. And it's like even even people who are out of professional wrestling are, you know, trying to say, you know, when this shit's over, we're going to we're going to get back to normal. I don't think normal was working for any of us, man. I honestly don't. And I just want to point out that 
a lot of people make fun of the fact that wrestling is now considered an essential service. Well, it's essential because if it weren't for professional wrestling, I could not, I would not be able to function properly because I've had a lot of traumatic stress happen in my life, and professional wrestling was kind of that outlet for me to just escape and be like, I can escape reality, and I can get angry, I can get sad, I can just cheer, I can jump out of my seat and yell at the TV. So I, I want to thank the Florida governor for doing that because professional wrestling to the rest of us, I know some people say I stopped watching at the age of 18. I stopped watching at the age of 16. I haven't stopped watching because wrestling, aside from music and Art got me through a lot of tough times, and I don't know when I'm going to be able to see my friend Kurt again. I don't know when I'm going to be able to see a lot of people, because this this is some crazy stuff. Normally, I uh, I go on cynic rants about what I like and didn't like. I'm still... Gonna build up to that point, but for now, if I'm just gonna observe and be honest with you, I miss going to wrestling shows. I miss seeing my friends, I miss seeing my wrestling family, and I'm glad that AEW and WWE are running side by side. Why? Because despite my uh, discord with AEW, I appreciate them in the sense that they are essentially helping those who do not have access, you know, to normal entertainment, like, I don't know, reruns of American Idol or reruns of TV shows that were from last year. They help us get us through this COVID-19 shit. I want to say thank you to both Triple H and Chris Jericho. Do you know why? Because without those two, we as podcast hosts would not have fucking anything to talk about, discuss about. There's a lot of workers sitting home. They are going to their nine-to-five jobs to support themselves. But in reality, I think what they're thinking is, gee, I would love to get in the ring and hear an audience boo and cheer us. Because I guarantee you, when this quarantine is done and over with, we can go back to going, I can go back to going to Madison Square Garden and Barclays Center and, oh, you know, three-hour drives to Philly, few-hour drives to Maryland. There's a two-plus-hour, actually, two-and-a-half, three-hour drive to Monster Factory. Actually, no, it's not that. It's two hours from Brooklyn to... You get the gist. I miss professional wrestling. We all miss professional wrestling, and it helps that wrestling was deemed as an essential service. Why? Because it entertains. It prevents people from going absolute batshit bonkers for the time being. People lose their jobs all the time is not a correct sentiment. For me, that's like brothers and sisters losing their jobs. And somebody say, it's okay, thank you for the sentiment, but you know we can handle it on our own. I don't feel that way. I feel empathy towards the people that lose their jobs because I know how that feeling feels. Where you feel like a sinking feeling, like, oh, I'm not going to have a paycheck tomorrow. I got to I gotta rapid apply. How I, you know, and these times, what are the essential service jobs? Let's see, CNA, post office, grocery, You're not guaranteed tomorrow. And the fun part is, folks, professional wrestling is providing people with an outside look. Man, I can't wait to get back to this goddamn show. Or, oh, man, I can't wait to see Dynamite when it comes here, you know, again. Or I can't wait to see Raw or SmackDown Live or any pay-per-view that comes through our city. 
what this outbreak and pandemic has done is it makes each and every single last one of us appreciative of what's in front of us, what we're feeling, what we're thinking, how we view the world. So, I just want to point out that for those of you saying, thank goodness they're released, not cool. I don't find that to be entertaining. I don't find that to be amusing. And others of us who have been around the professional wrestling business, for those of us who are not a part of it anymore, let me just point this out. That'd be like saying, well, you suck. I can't, you know, can't really feel sorry for you just because you lost your fucking job. I, you know, haven't had a guest here in a while, but I think I'm going to uh, tap into the fact that some people would like to be left alone. They don't want to talk about it. What am I referring to? There's a lot of people sitting in quarantine that don't really want to say, well, this match was great. You know, it was three months ago before all this shit. That's why I I really, folks, I feel. Because in this state of mind of what's going on around me, I'm choosing to choose distractions rather than fall into the, the, the trap of sharing a hundred memes about, oh, toilet paper or... When we get out of quarantine, none of that fucking bullshit. No. And I'm going to share this because why? Because I can. And when this is all recorded and done with, oh, trust me, you don't remember my name. No, that's not the purpose of this, dude. The purpose of this podcast was to you know discuss with you all what went on during AEW and NXT. Because you know we're kind of like radio... Back in the day, except for now, we're in the midst of a, of a pandemic with modern technology. And the only outside worldly things we can do, instead of watching baseball or bowling or any fucking sport, is watch horror movies, go to work, because, you know, we're just regular Joe Schmoes trying to earn a buck. That's all. There's a lot of shit people will try and understand and try to rationalize, try to be the one-upsman for everything. And I'm just going to say it right now. Learn from this. There are people with mental illnesses kind of laughing at, at some of you fucks. Because you, some of you, know how to deal with shit, some of you don't. Some of you are just great at hiding it. But anyways, different rant for a different day. I would like to stay focused on professional wrestling, if you please. The people that were released, man, there's more that I didn't touch on. Rusev, unfortunately, was stuck in that love triangle bullshit story. And I don't know why, if he was released, then they should have released Lana. But I guess she's essential to the company because she's been stuck being a valet for Bobby Lashley for the longest. And they're exposing her true life relationship with him. And also they expose one with Liv Morgan. So I honestly, folks, there's some understandings that I don't, I do not have a grasp on of why this person was released. I just know that. It sucks when you lose your job, plain and simple. But there's always that one saving grace that people are probably going to start spreading the rumors. These talents would be great to pick up in AEW. These talents would be great to pick up in Ring of Honor. Wrestling doesn't fucking quite work like that. It'd be nice if, oh, I lost my job. I can just find another one. Tell that to the billions of Americans sitting at home, laid off from work, 
or just doing their work from home, you know, and or explain how professional wrestling is something that either you used to watch or you still watch. Because if you try and give a direct explanation in these times, people will either snap at you, they will look at you like you're nuts, or you still watch wrestling, isn't that for little kids? Or you still watch wrestling? Man, I haven't watched that shit since the Attitude Era. I hear it from all kinds of spectrums. The beauty part of this is, Pro wrestling is the only sport being showcased on TV because you don't see swimming, you don't see basketball. I wish I could see fucking baseball, but there goes that pipe dream. Won't be able to go to Yankee Stadium for a very long time. Obviously, the death toll is, uh, you know, it's the only thing rising right now, but there's also recoveries. Also, the fact that pro wrestling is the only thing I can look forward to discussing about because it's uh, not a pastime. It's a kind of tradition, actually. Watch on Monday some of it. Friday, try to survive. And if they have a pay-per-view, you know, I'd love to see it. You know, money in the bank. I don't care. If it has an empty arena, don't give a fuck. As long as it has wrestlers in a ring beating the holy shit out of each other for our entertainment. I know I gripe and bitch a lot, and I apologize for some of it, but some of it I'm sticking to because it's the truth, and that's what we observe. That's what you tell us to do is tell you if we if you love it, hate it, boo it, cheer it. But, you know, cynicisms <laughs> I reserve for some things. But for now, I'd like to stick to the positive. And some, you know, just mention a little bit of negative. I'm still being honest, okay? So, <clears throat> that does it for tonight's Off the Rails Uncensored. I gave you my honest take on the releases of several WWE superstars. I gave you a review on NXT Tonight and also AEW's Dynamite. So, if you want to tune in next Wednesday, you can. Uh, you know, I do it from 9 o'clock, 9.30 for start time, and I end it whenever I see fit, around 10, 10.30. So, anyways, to those bitches, I got to sleep. And if you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. All right, for reals, I got to go.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.